0: All right, fam. Oh, yes. Good time. Good timing. Give me just a few moments of your time, if you would. Break out those forks and knives and plates because it is time for us to feast upon what thus says the Lord. We are uh, taking a bit of a turn today from uh from where we've been over the past over the past uh, few weeks from the heart uh that's where we were having the conversations over the past month or so was that a was that a blessing to us yeah it, it um it challenged me hard in 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 some in some tough areas in those spaces and crevices of the heart that you don't bring up to nobody else that's just you and Jesus and those areas where where like you try your best to keep everybody else away from because you want them to think that life is good and that life is great and that I don't cry and I don't make mistakes and I don't do yeah that that area right there that's what Holy Spirit said I need that I need that space, but I need that space so that I can make an exchange for what I always wanted you to have. I didn't design you to walk around broken like that. I didn't design. And too often we as believers, we will shout about a solution that we do not ingest ourselves. And when I don't do that, I'm sending mixed signals. Actually, in in psychology, it's called cognitive dissonance. I learned that. So cognitive dissonance, me, me celebrating or, or perpetrating that I have something, I believe something, I do something that in reality I really don't. And that, that sends mixed signals, number one, in the spirit realm, but then also over my natural body, it does me no good. It breaks me down. It breaks me down. And it can lead to a lot of unhealthy things so we had that conversation over the past few months of from the heart of what it is for me to guard my heart and protect my heart and and uh, allow, allow God to uh, examine uh, Psalm 139 a few weeks ago. Passion translation at the end of it, uh, verses 23 and 24. David said, uh, "Lord, I, I invite you to examine, examine with your eyes, scrutinize, see if there's any path of pain that that I'm walking on." So hopefully that was uh, that was a blessing to you, and not just uh, to be treated like a series. So now I stop doing the work because we're no longer talking about that at church. Anything that that's brought forth from the word of God should never be treated that way this is just something that is now put within the arsenal that I have information on that at any time can be brought up by Holy Spirit and then it should jog my memory of oh i've I've studied that before I've had conversation uh, about that before so hopefully that uh, that's something that that will uh, be helpful for you in the days to come today we're going to uh, start a new Start a new vein, a new series, if you will. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, from the, from the uh, subject of dangerous obedience. Dangerous obedience. And my thought uh, with this is uh, when the route of God's choosing does not agree with my logic. When the route of God's choosing does not agree with my logic. The nerve of God to take my life and do something that don't make sense to me. Is, is quiet already. It's going to be good. To think that the God that we celebrate, worship, love, adore would build a path that makes no sense to me whatsoever. And will not change his mind about it as I tell him how much it doesn't make sense to me. Because it has nothing to do with Sense nothing to do with logic, but everything to do with, I've got to build obedience within you as well as there's something that I see that you don't. And the dangerous piece that, uh, we're about to go to uh, Exodus 14, classic text, you know it, children of Israel and, and their route of leaving Egypt. But the, the next step can appear dangerous, the next step that God will ask me to take can appear like if I obey him, I'm going to get hurt. You ever been there? If I take this next step, this looks like it's it's actually going to pain me. And we as humanity are built to what? Avoid pain at all costs. But God will interject steps, interject paths, interject ways that fly right in the face of what I'm naturally built to do. But does so knowing that there's something great on the other side. Does so knowing that there's something on the other side that you don't see. So in the midst of all my anxiety, in the midst of all that it is and the turmoil that I'm feeling on the inside, there's still a requirement to step forth. All right, this, this is just intro. I'm not trying to get into it too, too deep. But Exodus 14, y'all there? Exodus 14, looking at it from, the, uh, from New King James. Let's pray right quick before we jump into it. Father, we love you. We honor you. We adore you we say thank you we thank you uh, for for this entire service thank you lord for your your goodness thank you for your grace your mercy your presence being with us thank you for the transformation that has happened to us and within us up to this point and now we stand ready for the word of god to teach us to instruct us uh, to, to bring reproof, to bring inspiration, to bring the challenge, to bring what it is that needs to be brought, that we would see that even in the face of seemingly dangerous obedience, we know that we're in the safest place that we need to be. Holy Spirit, we make room for you to do what it is that you do best. You are the greatest teacher In the universe, no one does it better than you. So we make space for you to speak to us in the way that we need to be spoken to. And I thank you that everyone, including the one holding the microphone, is about to walk away strengthened and empowered from your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout amen. 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 Now we're reading uh, quite a bit of um, Exodus 14, pretty much the the entire chapter. And we're just going to walk just going to walk through the crossing uh, at at the Red Sea, right? So so we we have made our exit uh, from Egypt, <clears throat> but now we have gotten up to the Red Sea. They're at the Red Sea. They they have camped, and there's this entire saga that goes down. Uh, at the Red Sea before they are about to make to make the crossing, and we're just going to look at some of those scriptures and pull pull some principles out in regards to obedience. But before we before we do that, there was an interesting. Uh, Text At the end of the previous chapter, Exodus 13, I didn't put it in, but basically they uh, they have they have made their escape. So, you know, all the plagues have happened. Uh, Pharaoh's heart is constantly being hardened against uh, the children of Israel at God's doing, which is just wild on it on its own but at God's doing uh, Pharaoh's heart is constantly being hardened and he has finally let the children go and now as they are making their exit Exodus uh, 13 verses 17 through 18 says that God did not lead them along the way of the Philistines although that was the shorter route remember that He didn't lead them by way of the Philistines because that was the shorter route, but it wasn't just because it was a shorter route and he didn't want them to be lazy. He knew that there was something still within them that still needed to be worked out. There's something in you that still needs to be worked out of you because if you come up on conflict, if you come up on opposition, if you come up on something that appears to be opposite of what it is that I have said, you have not been built up in your inner man enough to be able to take that and keep moving forward. He said that they're, they're going to turn and they're going to want to go back to what it was that, that used to be bondage for them. The thought that I would want to run back to something that appeared to be fluffy when in fact it was spiked. Me hugging a spiked pillow and thinking that that was comfort. Because there's something that hasn't been worked out of me. So he says, I'm going to take them by way of the long route. I'm going to take you a longer route. I'm going to take you a longer way. Now, I don't know if the children of Israel were aware that we're going the longer route. And they were saying along the way, why didn't we just go? this way. I, I, I can't really say coming from scripture as to whether they they said that or not but if they could do that and there were some people within the millions of people saying why didn't we just go the shorter route why we why didn't we just go the shorter way it's safe to say that we can rest the answer upon the fact that God knows that there's something that still needs to be worked out of me look at look at the past four weeks coming back to us once again the fact of from the heart that God would put me in spaces put me in situations, put me in seasons, put me around people, put me at a job, put me wherever it is that I need to be so that something can be worked out of me for the purpose of where I am going. Promise is for you, but there's something in you that's still telling me you're not ready yet. So, jump on my long treadmill. We got work to do. I need you on this workout plan. We got work to do. And slowly and surely what is happening is, Pastor Ashley highlighted it in in the transition, that I I am being instructed in what it is to release the right of knowing what's best for myself. Mm -hmm. This is what's happening. This is what's happening with the, with the children of Israel. They, they, they are being moved into this space of what it is to trust God, moved into this space of what it is to I don't know what's best for me. And there's nothing more difficult. At least I would think. Let me, let me talk about me. There's nothing more difficult for me at this season of my life and all the other ones too as I think about it where I am releasing to God That he knows better than I do. Now, I can preach it good and I'll fool y'all. Let me me just be honest with it. I can preach it good. and, and, And get people to agree with me. While I'm doing it. But the reality is... When all of this is gone and I am in the thick of a situation, have I submitted my heart to a degree to where when I am told go this way, I'm in agreement. Because that's the reality of it. At the end of the day, it's not what I'm saying across from you at Starbucks as we're talking over the word, although that's good and that brings that encouragement, but that, that moment at Starbucks, if we had it, is for when I'm no longer with you. When I'm no longer with you and I'm faced with a situation to where I am getting an an instruction from God because in those moments what might be happening is God is telling me to do something that appears dangerous to me. It appears like it is something that is going to hurt, something that's going to harm, something that's going to set me back, something that's going to knock off course, something that don't even have to do with what it is that I'm asking God for. Yet, am I still obedient enough to step on the danger? Dangerous obedience. But God, out of the fact of knowing that there was something that was still within them, we must go the longer route now. This is where we're at with Exodus 14. So let's read. we got quite a few scriptures to read. We're going to read everything completely through, and then, and then we're going to dissect as we go through. Starting in verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, that they turn and camp before Pi-Hirath between Migdal and the sea opposite Baal-Zephon. You shall camp before it by the sea. Verse 3, for Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are bewildered by the land. The wilderness has closed them in. Or in other words, I got them. Verse 4, then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. And I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. Verse 5. Now it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and his servants were turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this? That we have let Israel go from serving us. What's wrong with us? So he made ready his chariot took his people with him. Verse 7. Also, he took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with boldness. Went out with boldness. Verse 9. So the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them camping by the sea. Verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. So they were very afraid. Hmm. Look how quick we went from boldness to fear. Just wanted to highlight that. So they were very afraid. Still verse 10. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Verse 11. And they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, you've taken us away to die in the wilderness. Why have you dealt with us? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we, t- we told you this? We told you this in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. Verse 13, and Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. 15, and the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. Then the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. 19. An angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus was a cloud, thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one. And it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all that night. 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on the right and on the left and the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea all Pharaoh's horses his chariots and his horsemen 24 now it came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud and he troubled the army of the Egyptians and he took off their chariot wheels so that they drove them with difficulty and the Egyptians said let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians 26 then the Lord said to Moses stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians on their chariots and their horsemen and Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and when the morning appeared the sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians into the midst of the sea 28 then the Lord then the waters returned and covered the chariots the horsemen and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them not so much as one of them remained but the children of Israel had walked on dry land in the midst of the sea and the waters were a wall to them on their right and on their left. That is good word right there. Let's walk this through, though. Let's walk this through. So back up, uh, back up to verse one verses, verses one and two. So one and two is giving us the instruction. Uh, that that the Lord is is bringing to them. I, I just love how in, in in the midst of this, it is this almost like this, this spy movie, if you will, spy movie set up kind of thing of where like God is given this instruction of like this is how this is how it's going to go down. This is what I'm telling you. I'm, I'm telling you up front that this is what's going to happen. You're going to have the children go and camp in the uh, in front of the sea. They coming, They're coming out, so we're coming out, let's, let's build this case for, for danger, okay? So let's, let's say with the children, with the children of Israel, 400 years, somebody been telling me what to do. 400 years, somebody's told me when to wake up, when to go to bed, what to eat, and my job. I got that. Now I'm free, still trying to wrap my head around what that means. but I've, I've gotten this. This 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 thing that that I've told that I've been told is is a good thing and it's something that I really need to have. I got this freedom. I'm on my way out. I'm still somewhat scared because we we, we can wipe off an entire generation of them because he was like, I'm sick of dealing with this fear. I'm tired of dealing with this fear and telling you the same thing over and over, and yet you won't believe me. So, so we're in the midst of those who are scared. We're making our exit. We're making our exit, though, kind of cautiously because we kind of really didn't want to leave anyway. I really didn't want to leave anyway because I still got all that stuff within me to where I still got to work out what it is for me to stand up on my own two feet and be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So I'm I'm still uh, making my way through that. I'm cautious, but I'm still moving forward as I'm cautious and I'm still moving forward. I have we've gotten to this point to where I'm in this wilderness, but there's this huge sea in front of us. There's a huge sea in front of us, but we're told that we're going to camp here. All right. So I'm I'm cool with that. I'm camping. I'm good. But at some point, I start to hear footsteps. I I start to hear chariots. I start to hear the rustling of horses. I'm hearing screaming. I'm hearing this angry mob-like sound. And I turn around, and it is who I left. It's what I left making its way, trying to come back and revisit me and recapture me again. And, the, and, and sometimes the only way that I can escape in finality what it was that I left behind is to take a dangerous step. Take a dangerous step. Jesus said it like this. He, he said that if your right hand causes you to sin, don't just spank it. Cut it off. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Now, that in no way is literal. I heard stories in Bible college of people coming to the emergency room with mangled hands and eyes because they they were were, uh, trying to obey the the scripture. So, like, please please don't do that. Jesus is not saying mangle, mangle your body. That's not what he's saying. What he is saying is there is such a harsh priority that you have to place to bring separation between whatever it is that is holding you back and wherever it is that God will want you to be. And a a part of that is that there is some dangerous obedience that you might have to step within, that you might have to step into. And so the children of Israel have gotten to this point Egypt is coming behind them the sea is in front of them but verses 1 and 2 God is telling Moses that this is what is about to happen and what I want to pull out of this is how often does God give us the 411 because first of all he don't always do that God first of all is not obligated to give me the 411 on what it is that, that he's going to do and there's been numerous times within my life to where I was just told go and like Abraham you'll find out when you get there He didn't didn't give Abraham all the details that he's given to Moses. But in this case, there is detail that is coming of this is what's going to happen. Their, Their hearts are going to be hardened against you. Or in other words, there's going to be some kind of intentional pressure that is given to you at this point in life. But don't fear because that is my hand orchestrating that. Here's my question. How often have I gotten that information from God? Get in the midst of the situation and still act like he didn't say anything to me. Get in the midst of the situation and completely forget everything he said to me. Forget everything that he said to me, although he gave me what it was that I needed to be able to survive this dangerous obedience. This one, look, this looks like it is going to hurt. This pressure looks like it is caving in on me. Yet you told me that you were my provider. You already told me that. You told me that you are the great healer. You already told me that. You told me that as I would lean upon you and lean upon uh, your understanding better than mine, that you would give me clarity as far as the next step that I need to take. You already gave me that information. So I've gotten what it is that I need already. I just need to make sure that I step into the obedience as dangerous as it might appear. Even though it appears that this is shaky and here I am on this shaky ground again and this plank don't seem like it's got enough within it to hold up this weight that I'm putting on it. I still need to move forward because he already gave me what I needed. I told you that this one's going to take you out. We we talked about this one. I I didn't push you into this one not giving you the information I already told you what it was that was going to happen, and then gave you the information of the opposition you were going to receive. I told you Egypt wasn't going to be happy about this. I told you Egypt wasn't going to be happy about this. I told you they weren't going to help. I told you they weren't going to help pack your bags. I told you they they weren't going to do that. They weren't going to let you go with a sense of of gratitude and y'all have a good time and good luck out there. Hearts are hardened against them. Hearts are hardened against them, but the Lord did this because it was the setup that he was going to use of fooling Pharaoh into thinking that he had the upper hand. Into fooling Pharaoh into thinking that he had the upper hand. Do you know that God, God will set up situations and set things up just to send a message to any kind of opposition against you? It has nothing to do with you. It's got something to do with communicating with your opposition. Where have you you been, Satan? Running to and fro. Have you considered? My servant, Job. Nothing to do with him, but more so saying, this guy, I'm going to show you. You you need to see. One looks like who follows me. You, you need to see because evidently there's something, there's something going on with you to where you don't think that it's a possibility. So I'm going to take them to show you what it looks like to follow me. Now that's a, that's a, that's a tough one to swallow. That God, would, that God would make that selection. Many are called but few are chosen. Makes, makes, that, makes that a whole, whole different light. Makes that a whole different light. But I I don't do it without the promise of being insulated. I don't do it without the promise of I'm going to make it. I don't do it without the promise of I'm only setting this up because there's something greater on the other side to come. God is not sadistic in the sense of wanting to see me go through pain or a hard time because he's bored and wants to see me just go through. We do not survey God like that. Anytime there is pain of any kind in my life. Remember, I think I said this a few weeks ago. Pain is nothing more than an indicator that something needs to shift and change. When pain comes into my body, or pain comes into my life, that is a flashing warning sign that there's something that I need to look at and make a shift and make an adjustment. And as as uh, pain comes to me of any kind, even if it's even if it's at the behest of the Lord and He is using it, it is something that is of usage to Him that a shift will be able to come. We still tracking. We're still tracking. So the reason that the Lord did that was that it was a setup for him to use uh, against Pharaoh. Verses uh, verses 5 through 9. Let's read those again. Verse five. Now it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled that the heart of and the the heart of Pharaoh. Here we are right here. Heart of Pharaoh and his servants were turned against the people and they said, why have we done this? Why have we let Israel go from serving us? So he made ready all the chariots. He took the 600 choice chariots and, and everything like that. So now we are getting into the place to where danger is closing in on them. Danger is getting ready to close in on them. They're starting to hear the sound of of the horses, starting to hear the sound of the chariots and everything like that coming toward them. And the the thing that jumped out to me, and we've already been talking about it, but I just want to make the emphasis again with this, that they got in this situation obeying God. They got there obeying God. And this this does away. With with the notion that we might have sometimes, I I know, I know it ain't cute, uh, I I know it ain't pretty to talk like this. I know it don't it don't get it don't get the amens. It doesn't bring excitement, but I can be in the wheel of the Lord and move right into a dangerous situation. <laughs> Right in the midst of his will. In the middle of it. They are being obedient. They have done what Moses told them to do. They have camped exactly where they're supposed to be camping. Doing everything according to the instruction of Moses. Highest flowing from Moses. And here they are being closed in. In this dangerous space. In this dangerous situation yet not alone so can we be encouraged that in the tightest of spaces tightest of moments presence of trouble does not equal absence of god presence of trouble does not equal access of god, i mean absence of god toa i heard it called one time trouble on assignment That's what I'm in the midst of. Trouble on assignment. It's troubling. These people want to kill them. So let's not, let's not uh, you know, downsize the, the situation and, and what's going on here. They, they, want, they want them dead. Yet, it's still an assignment to the trouble. The trouble within your life has an assignment attached to it. It does not get to come and just do whatever it wants to do. It comes with specific instructions because I need you to show them this side of me. (laughs) They need need to see this aspect of my goodness. They, They need to see, they need to be reminded of this side of me. Trouble on assignment. Trouble on assignment. Verses ten through twelve. So now they, this is where we move from uh, from that boldness to fear peace. So they go. So they 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 exit out in boldness. And rightfully so. This is 10 verses 10 through 12. They exit out in boldness, rightfully so, because now uh, everything that they've heard from their forefathers and everything that they've uh, that they've been uh, talking about uh, what came through Abraham, Isaac uh, and Jacob is now starting to be fulfilled, starting to actually come to pass. We're starting to put feet to this thing and see that it is actually real. Yet whenever uh, yesterday. Represented by Egypt, whenever yesterday makes its way to come and visit them again, it immediately strikes. They, they had to go the long route. They had to go the long route because God knew in his genius that this was, this was something that was going to happen to them. I I know that there's something that's going to be highlighted within you I know that there's something that's going to come up out of you that needs to be addressed before I take you into promise so we went from so we moved from boldness to fear and the realities of their heart were starting to show the reason why God brought them the long route but through dangerous the reason why God brought them the long route was so that that could be exposed but through dangerous obedience they would get the opportunity to drop their fear because now they are about to be reminded of who it is that is fighting for them I need you to be reminded that even in those moments to where I'm faced with that dangerous obedience decision that there is someone that is fighting for us verse 13 to 14 where Moses reminds them that they are to stand still don't be afraid stand still and don't be afraid but before before we dive into that a little a little bit more, look at the the res the response of the children of Israel in, in verses verses eleven I think it's eleven to twelve so verses eleven to twelve they immediately just start to regurgitate all this stuff that just needed the right button to push, just needed the right button to push just needed the right thing touched and and even as we are progressing in the Lord, we are growing in God, growing, growing in his goodness. Every now and then, let me get personal again, every now and then, when there are certain situations and that button is pushed, there's something that rises up that I might not be the most proud of, that I might not be the most proud of. Somebody says something. faced with a situation, feel a sense of unfairness. Is there something, let me ask you now, is there something that rises up that does not honor the Lord? Because if so, once again, these are the things that that need to be addressed. Not for the sake of you're so wrong, how dare you? but I I need you in a specific space so that this promise doesn't crush you. I I, I need your heart. I need your spirit, man. I need your trust in me locked in a specific place so that what it is that you are asking me for doesn't do you more harm than good. Doesn't do you more harm than good because as soon as they hear the click-clack of the horses... We told you about the graves in Egypt. Look at what you did. We told you that it would be better for us to just die in that bondage than for us to be out here. And now we have no food. We have no way. We have none of it. And all of this just just begins to come rushing up. And Moses, like the good leader that he was, steps in to remind them of the promise that has gotten them this far anyway, which was the fact of stand still. There's a sal- there is a saving and a salvation that is being brought to you. Stand still and see this stand still and see the fact that th- that what has gotten you up to this point is still continuing to move you forward. So that's the word that Moses gave them. So Moses gives that to them. But then Moses himself has to turn around and go back to God, too. Why? Because everybody is feeling the pressure of the dangerous obedience. Everybody. There are even times where those that you get your answers from. Feel the pressure of the moment. Feel the pressure and the tightening of what it is, the situation that that is happening in the season of life that humanity may be in. There is a crushing that everybody is tasting and experiencing. Moses says to them, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. The Lord's going to come through immediately. He comes and cries to God. How do we know that? Because verse 15, God asks him, why are you crying to me? Why are you crying to me? Let's jump all the way back to verse one. I already told you what was happening. I already told you what was happening, but the pressure, the pressure and and the seeming danger of the moment has made me forget everything that was said to me. Because I feel such pressure of, I don't know if you got this one, Lord. Red Sea, Egypt. Red Sea, Egypt. Now, check this out. Red Sea and Egypt puts them in a situation to where they are now ready and ripe to be exposed to what has never been seen before. And can I say to us, with everything that has happened within, within uh, the past few years... Is there still a, a, a mustard seed-like ounce within your soul that's still ready for what has never been seen before? Is there, is there still something within me that, that, that longs for what I've never seen before? That's, a, that's an area of the heart and an area of the soul that I really have to work at guarding and protecting. I have to make sure that I guard and protect that space of me that says that God you still can do anything God your word is still true God there's still nothing that is impossible for you God you're still not limited by the by, by the bindings of man you're still not limited by the parameters of the earth you're still not limited by the things that I live my life by day in and day out you are not limited by that I know that there's still a power I know there's still a grace I know there's still something that me and my preaching self cannot explain about You, I know that it still exists and that it's still real, and that there's something that even in the most impossible moment you can step in and make it all right. Red Sea, Egypt chasing them. Fears are rising up for them and Moses to a degree, but God steps in and says, Why are why are you crying to me? Wrong posture, Moses. This is the wrong wrong posture. Yeah, it seems dangerous, but here's the remedy. Go forward. This hurts as the words are coming out of my mouth. Let it just be no. Go forward. Go forward. Keep moving ahead. God, there is a sea in front of us. I can't swim. Forward go forward. There are times where I have to just keep moving. I've got to keep motion. I've got to keep things circulating. I've got to keep things moving. In fact, that's how if you ever find yourself in a da- in a dangerous situation as far as water is concerned, one of the things one of the techniques that they teach to keep you from drowning is to keep moving. You 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 got to keep moving you got to keep you got to keep motion going. it's called treading water you you got to you got to keep the motion you've got to keep things moving you got to keep going and God is saying to them this is not the time to cry out to me this is the time for you to take the next step and to keep moving forward keep showing up keep doing what you know to do yes I'm tired yes I'm wore out yes I yes I want to stop yes I really want to quit but this is not the time for that the dangerous obedience moment the next obedience step is to actually move stop crying to me move forward but stretch out your hand Moses stretch out your hand and as you do there's a supernatural grace that's going to open for them which was only reserved in the obedience of taking the forward step. Which what I'm saying is basically is. That sea would have never opened up if they wouldn't have taken the step. What doors are being locked in your life? Because you won't take a step. Because I won't move. Because I won't take the next forward step that the Lord will have me to Take. There are things that are still locked up. It's 13, 14, the reminder to the children of Israel of the promise over their life. This is uh, verse 13 to 14. I just want to make sure I got everything out of it. The word passed down from their forefathers, but obedience is starting to look a little dangerous. Yes, it is, because now they've got that sea in front of them. But they've been given the command to move forward and their supernatural breakthrough that breaks out within their life. Let's look at uh, 17 and 18 now. 17 and 18. Seventeen and the Egyptians, and and I indeed will harden in the heart of the Egyptians. So this is this is uh, God giving the giving the remedy of what's about to happen again. They're going forward. Verse sixteen. Uh, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea to divide it. 17, And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, his chariots, and his horsemen. 18, Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. God says that he will keep trouble and danger close enough for it to think that it has you. That's what I pulled from that. Lord said that he'll keep, he keeps it close enough for it to think that it's got you. Keep it close enough for it to think that it's got you. And then make a spectacle out of it. You, you, you realize that's, a, that's what sin thought of you, right? Sin thought you were the prisoner forever. But in Colossians chapter 2, beautiful picture. Payson says that that uh, passion translation says that 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 the Lord led a processional of victory using sin and principalities as his prisoners, so they were in the parade. <laughs> Sin, sin, and principalities were a part of the parade, and 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 within his processional of victory, as he made his triumph over sin and death and the grave and anything that would try and present itself as stronger than the Lord and stronger than His Word over my life. Make no mistake about it: that whatever it is that God has spoken to you and God has said to you holds no bearings and holds no power to overthrow and overpower you. And this is the same. This is an Old Testament picture of that because Egypt is coming in and they're coming in with all the chariots and everything that they're coming with with the intention of taking them back to Egypt and putting them back under the bonds of what it was that God had freed them from and God lets them think that way God lets them think that way because that's the whole piece of him hardening their hearts when God hardened the heart of Pharaoh and the people of Egypt he's hardening it in a way to where they think and perceive that this is about to be a successful operation we're about to go get these jokes and we are about to send them back to do our bidding because we were foolish to let them go in the first place. And so they mess around and they are about to get in a situation to where they are not fit to be able to survive this dangerous obedience. Why? Because it wasn't given to them. This wasn't a word for you. This was a word for my people. But he keeps that danger close enough for it to think that it's got you. For it to think that you're about to be taken taken out by this one. You ain't finna make this one. But let me ask you something. Didn't you say that the last time? You said that last time didn't you? Last time your back was against the wall? Last time you were in trouble, yet here you felt like I wasn't going to make it. Last time you said, I don't know how much more I can take, and yet here you are looking at me. So there has to give a sign of some kind that God will take all trouble and put it on assignment and let you know that you will not be taken out. So I'm going to let them get close. Close enough for you to hear the horses. Close enough for you to hear everything that's going on. Close enough for you to hear every grunt that the horse is making. Close enough for you to get every sense of all of your emotions. Work seeming to work against you. And like this is how I wish I would have lived my life different. I wish I would have told my son I love him more. I wish I would have took better care of my mom. And all of these emotions and everything that Egypt is going through. As it seems that their life is coming to a close. Yet yeah, 19 and 20. 19 and 20 reveals the supernatural grace only released through obedience that causes, watch this now. So first of all, the pillar of cloud and pillar of fire is, is, is pretty, pretty awesome just in itself, okay? There's this cloud that's following me all day that keeps me cool, and then when the nightfall hits and it gets cold, he switches it and turns it into fire that keeps me warm and whatnot. So that's cool in itself. But the, the angel of the Lord Who was leading them. First off. Stop right there. I'm being led by somebody. I'm being led by someone who has my best intention in mind. But when trouble gets close enough. He switches his position. Switches his position to where now he has become the defender. Keeping it from being able to take me out text says that he he went from being in front of them to being behind them and the and the cloud rests between them to where it makes it constantly night for the Egyptians (laughs) but makes it constantly day for Israel on the same sand but experiencing two different situations on the same sand, but one has breakthrough and the other has stalemate. In the same space, but one is moving in the, the breakthrough and protection of the Lord, and the other one has the scales on their eyes. Can I let you know once again that even in the midst of dangerous obedience, you secured. You are secured. I am secured, and he gives them enough day, so that the the, the breakthrough that's about to take place as far as the waters party, has has enough time for it to happen. So let's go to um where were we at nineteen and twenty. Let me let me read it, read that right quick. 19, 20. So 19, the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. The pillar of cloud went from before them, stood behind them, became between the camp of the Egyptians and Israel. Thus it was a cloud of darkness to the one, uh, Egypt. It became light and light by night to the other so that one did not come near the other all that night. 21. Look at 21 and 23. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land and the waters were divided. 22, so the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground. And the waters were a wall to them on their right and on their left. Twenty-three, and the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and his horsemen. So now we've gotten, we've gotten to the part, you know, that, that's, the, that's like the, the climax of this entire story. They're at the sea. Let, let's, let's, let's go, go again with, uh, with me, illustration-wise, of being the children, children of Israel. We're in this moment. We're panicking. We think we're going to die. This pillar comes up that brings separation between what I think is going to kill me and, and, and where I'm going, but I don't know where I'm going. This is before Moses stretched out his hand now. So, so there's just this massive body of water that's right here. I can't go back. Because what where where am I going to go? Because the, the heart's been hardened to where it's not so much wanting me back to serve as much as it is now hatred and want me dead. So I can't go back and it appears that I can't go forward. Moses stretches out the hand the water rises up. The Bible says it turns them into a wall. A wall on the right, a wall on the left. The ground is dry. That is supposed to be mud. That is supposed to be mud yet it has been turned into a dry ground so that I don't, have, I don't get stuck. It's dry ground we're walking through. But think about this now, because uh, we, we don't think about this too often, but, but the, the number of people in the nation of Israel, you're talking about millions of people. You're not talking about this small group of people. You're talking about millions of people, a nation Of people who are moving simultaneously. And we don't know how much order was in that. Matter of fact, if if we really think about it, there might not have been much at all. Not much order because they're so afraid. So you've got all this panic, you've got mamas and daddies like hold on to me for dear life with their babies because we, we cannot get lost in suffering. This tight space in the midst of this and yet they, they are moving through this tight space where if I move too far to the left, I drown. If I move too far to the right, I drown. I'm watching whales and sharks and fish of the sea Swim by me like an aquarium. And I'm in the middle of this. I'm scared. Yet there there is a fear that they are tasting and experiencing at the hand of a miracle from God. Going to show that even if my heart seems to be coming against me, in a season because I feel afraid and I feel fearful I'm still in the cusp and in the hand of the Lord which is why he told them from the jump here's your solution keep moving forward imagine if there would have been a massive panic in the middle millions of people Let's say 500,000 of them got so scared that they stopped. That is a massive stalemate that would cause the entire nation to be thrown off kilter. Let me bring it to this sense. Did you know that when you and I operate in fear, that it has an effect on your other brothers and sisters? You didn't know that, did you? See, here you were thinking it was just about you and your life. Who you were thinking about, it was just about you and your family. Fear will build an attachment in as many people within the body that it can find. Because if I can get one of them to stop, maybe I can get five of them. If I can get five, I can get ten. If I can get ten, I can get a hundred. If I get a hundred, I get a thousand. If I get a thousand, I can get ten thousand. And I, and and we we see we see that with any with any uh, uh, societal doctrine or belief of any kind that will try and creep itself into people who claim to be believers. We see this all too often. To where there's something that one Christian says is cool, another one says it's not. Christian who get more TV time than somebody else will say this is good and now There is this massive move and this massive shift based off of something that has been It, It It works the same way with anything that is outside of the plan and purpose of God for you. And the intention is to get you to stop. To get you to stop being so, what's the term they use? Hardcore. You don't, you don't have to, it don't take all that. It don't take that much. It don't, it, it, you don't, don't be so rigid. Don't see, be so religious. Don't be so legalistic or whatever it is that, that they might say. I'm not anti you. I'm pro word. Amen. Amen. And me being pro word doesn't make, doesn't make me religious. Me being, can you find it in the book for me? Does, does it make me non-progressive? Makes my heart entwined with the one who saved my life. And the one who saved my life told me and gave, gave the, the instruction that I've got to keep moving forward at the obedience of what what he said and how he said for it to be done. And he said, stop crying, move forward. But even even when I'm told that, and even when I do it, danger could still be uh, around. Um... Lord, how long they gonna take? Um, that's a lot of water, Lord. Uh, I um, I can't swim. Um, let me say this too: that when when I'm in this moment, I have to have relationships that can flow with me. Imagine families fighting each other. I don't want to go. You need to go. I don't want to go. You need to go. Listen, this is not the time for that. We got to be in agreement and we got to be moving in the same space and in the same flow. This is what God said. This is where we going. This is what the Lord said. This is how it's got to be done. We can't be, we can't be laying around with each other and all that and stuff. And we don't have this ring on it. God said that we got to get this thing right. God said that we got to be married. God said that we got to, this is the order and this is the thing that we've got to flow together. Otherwise these walls might crash on us. I have no time to be arguing with you about this. We've got to move. In a dangerous obedience, you've got to be surrounded by people who can flow and walk with you. What did God say? Bet. Let's go. What's the Lord saying? This is what I'm hearing. That's what you're hearing. Let's, let's get this thing right and let's figure out what, what it is that we need to do. Why? We've got they were not designed to stay within those walls. The walls were picked up for them to move. If they built camp there they would have died from one. You don't build camp on a route. You use a route from one destination to another. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Yes, it's going to look scary. Keep moving forward. Yes, your heart might might try and betray you and say that you can't do this. Keep moving forward. You have got to keep moving forward. Yes, I know you don't have all the capabilities that you feel like that you need to be able to get this accomplished. Stop that. Keep moving forward. Because at some point, you know the story. They made it. They make it. They make it out on the other side, and trouble, their trouble, had the nerve to think that it could make it too. Trouble had the unmitigated gall to say, if they can do it, I can do it. If they can do it, we can do it. But yeah, here is the genius of your God and my God once again putting itself on display because he said that this is exactly why I'm doing this because I'm going to show them that I'm stronger than them and they can't overcome me. The fact that he would let them in the hardness of heart come to that space to where they felt like that they could do the same thing of an instruction that was given to you. But the instruction is built and designed specifically for his people as they flow and move in obedience. And so I'm trying to just simply tell you that you have been marked, you have been insulated, you have been built in to where as you flow in what it is. As you flow in what it is that the Lord has spoken to you, you are destined to come out on the other side of this. Yet the people of Egypt say, oh yeah, we got this too. That's a that's a nice route we about to use it ourselves. But as they come in, and and the the Bible says that when the morning watch comes, the morning watch comes, and the children are, uh, and the people of Egypt rather are coming and making their way through, the Lord gives another instruction to Moses that causes the sea to close its walls, closing its walls on what it was that they thought. Was gonna come and recapture them. Closing its walls on everything that had to do with their yesterday. Closing the walls on everything that made fear and shame and condemnation and weakness and I can't and I won't and I never will rise up within them got swallowed up. As a sign to them that from now on, Even in the place of dangerous obedience. I need you to keep moving forward. I need you to keep moving forward. Egypt is completely swallowed up. Swallowed up never to be seen again. And I love how verse 29 brings and highlights once again for them. What just happened for them. Verse 29. But the children of Israel walked on the dry land on the dry land in the midst of the sea. And the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. gonna we'll give you verse 32. So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Walked, children of Israel, walked on dry land in the midst of the sea. Waters were a wall to them on their right hand on their left. Dangerous situation. Dangerous situation. Yet, as crazy as it was, as crazy as it might feel in seasons of my life, in what I can't explain may be the safest place for me to be. I cannot explain the science of how a wall of water stands up. Matter of fact, ain't much science to it. This is just the miraculous power and working of God. But I'm not built to be able to explain how God does that. My job is to obey and believe what it is that he said to me. And in those spaces where I can't explain, people ask questions. What are you doing? What's going on in life? And and I and I don't know. Can can I can I give you just 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 a little brotherly advice, fatherly advice, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to call it? Don't feel obligated to have to answer somebody every time they an- ask that question to you. you. Obligated like you got to give some kind of answer to them. You're not obligated to them to give an answer to them that will appease them or try, or don't feel like you got to give an answer to keep them from thinking some kind of way about you. It's not about what they think concerning you. It is about wherever it is that God will have you within the season that you are in because you might very well be in one of them seasons where the walls of the water are up and you really can't explain how you on this dry ground right now. You feel like you're supposed to be in mud. You're supposed to be in stuck. You're supposed to be taken out. You know you weren't supposed to make it up to this point. You know All the stuff that God has brought you through could have taken you out one by one. Bad decision after bad decision that you made yet God spared your life. You got walls up and you might not have a way to explain what's going on within you and that is fine. You are in a moment to where you just need to trust that the walls are not going to crash on you and as long as you keep moving forward in the last thing God told you, you gonna make it. You owe no explanation to them. what's happening and what's going on. Just keep moving forward. Just keep moving forward. No matter how dangerous the obedience seems seems to be. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Next week is Easter. We continue in this conversation. I'm, I'm, I'm done now. We continue in the conversation because our Lord faced the same thing. dangerous obedience. One of his disciples saw it that way and had no problem letting him know to which he called him a devil. You can't let this happen to you Lord. You, you have the things of man in mind. You do not have the things of God in mind. To think that I could be in agreement with the demonic when I try and avoid the danger of obedience I'm going to stop I'm, I'm not going we could keep going but I'm going to stop can, can we put our hands together for the word come on, come on, bless the Lord <laughs> hallelujah stand to your feet please I'm, I'm going to go ahead and dismiss you hope that was, that was something for you to, to chew on this week give, give you something to think about lift your hands please Father we thank you for your word we thank you uh, for this time that we've had in your presence that you will bless your people, keep them, cause your face to shine upon them, establish them, give them peace. And I thank you, Father, uh, for continuing to lead us and uh, uh, enlighten us. Open our eyes to those obedient steps that you're calling us to. And even if they feel like they have a sense of danger to it, remind us of your powerful word that is forever over our life in Jesus name amen you are dismissed thank you so much for being with us we'll see you next week God bless